Welcome to La Corner, La Source's digital show dedicated to the sport and entertainment industry. Every two weeks, we invite a professional to share their experience, background, and challenges. The sport industry moves fast, and having their insights is the best way to keep up to speed. Welcome to La Corner. Welcome to our off-series of La Corner Podcast. Here, every month, we'll revisit the best moments of each episode to spotlight our guests' thoughts. For this first episode, we dive back into our discussion with Michael Proman, Managing Director of Scrum Venture. Scrum Ventures is a seed-stage venture firm investing across various industries in the US and Japan for those who do not know. During this segment, we first discussed growth strategies for a startup and the specific model of clubs and federations, frequently at loss. Good listen. You know, this is just my personal feeling, right? Is that some people would say sports is a very underinvested kind of category, so to speak, when you compare it to other industries. Um, I hate to say it, but there's a reason for that, right? I mean, it's it's really challenging to look at, you know, really, really good exits um, in sports in comparison to other verticals. Um, I think the companies that are exiting, right, as you said, they have diverse revenue streams. They're addressing problems outside of the vertical. And so when I look at sport and, and sports tech, um, my first question for a lot of these founders is kind of talk to me about the broader vision here. Are you just trying to be, you know, a sensor on a bat that addresses, you know, baseball? Or are you trying to solve a, a, a more scalable problem? Um Beyond that, I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a company that gets, you know, acquired for 20 or 50 or 100 million bucks, right? But you know, the venture game is—I hate to say it—that's that's like a bunt single, right? Um, you want to hit a home run, um, you know, you got to be looking kind of more unicorn-ish, and you know, that's just that's just a fundamental kind of venture type of approach. Um, so I think, in many respects, companies should be looking at sport in many respects to address inefficiencies in that space. Look, it's sexy. It's high profile. It gets a lot of eyeballs. There's no question about it, but let's call it what it is. It's a marketing channel for a lot of companies more so than it is a primary revenue driver. And I think, you know, when you look at some of the companies that we've brought in to the smart city X program, um, you know, what's, what's kind of interesting is we, we had a, an early acceptance similar to sports tech Tokyo last month, where we, we accepted 18 companies. Um, those 18 companies, by the way, have raised, I think, a combined almost $300 million um, that are very mature in some respects, but also have diverse revenue, right? I mean, we have a company that um, does biometric kind of facial payments. Now, you could say that's a sports tech company because the venue of the future, it's cashless, it's contactless, right? And where does biometric play a role in that experience? But at the same time, that's just as relevant to QSRs when I go in and order my, my hamburger or my, you know, McChicken sandwich, right? And so I think those are good examples of companies that, you know, have real world application outside of sport, but then can kind of infuse their technology into those types of settings to add a little bit more kind of oomph or marketing muscle. Um, and so one of the kind of core areas that we're always looking for, again, diverse revenue streams. 
if you're a start, if you're a founder and you're just trying to get started, I'm not advocating that you, you know, you're all over the map and you're scattered. I think what is important is you're focused. You understand how to kind of validate and prove certain um, uh, areas of the, the business, the product itself, but to have a much more broader kind of vision um, for what that kind of land and expand um, roadmap looks like. Um, it, it, you know, again, nothing wrong with sports. Don't get me wrong there. But I don't see a lot of really strong unicorn-esque opportunities developing in this industry unless they're able to uh, transcend into other verticals. So it's funny, your take actually, and that's because in Europe, there's very much that, dy that dynamic that there might be too many sports startups. The other way around, you're saying as a VC that sport is underexploited, but it's probably because just the potential of it Is it interesting well, enough for these? It, it's fundamentally dysfunctional. I mean, when you when you boil down to it, right? Yeah. It, look at sport and then tell me how many teams, leagues, and properties are publicly traded or have greater levels of accountability, right? Yeah. I, I think you can count on maybe two hands the number of organizations that have public ownership. And I think that's a really interesting data point to look at because in many cases, as you know, you, when you start going down the path of, of selling into that audience of teams, leagues, and properties with very little public accountability, right? You get employees that they're legacy. They don't think innovatively. They're not being pushed necessarily by real shareholders, right? Um, they're being propped up by operating losses that are then made up through these massive media, you know, web shares, right? And, and so it just became okay. Like, tell me another industry where it's okay to lose 10 or $20 million on an annual basis and continue to get promoted and, and even have a job, right? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, that fundamentally has been a lot of teams, leagues, and properties. Not so much on the property side, but, but certainly at the team level. Teams are not necessarily profitable operationally. Where they make their money is on these national media agreements, right? And so the reality is they've been trained to, uh, you know, pay cents on the dollar for really good technology. They've been trained to have these enormous sales cycles that are absolutely, you know, they, they, they kill anybody in the startup space, Right. And, and what are you chasing? Like you're chasing, you, you know, again, like, you know, something that doesn't scale if you're a startup. Do you, so, actually, do you actually think that it is going to shift because the number of us out there that have that impression that they're just slow machines, do you think that is, this is going to change or do you think it will necessarily change at too slow of a pace because of the nature of sports itself where it is necessarily the unicorn of a broadcaster because they buy those rights to really do the marketing shiny stuff, knowing that they will lose money. So, or do you feel like just the sports industry is condemned to not be able to advance at a fast enough pace? I think there's so many different kind of aspects behind sports, right? There's, there's the media side, there's the, the, the kind of operational side at, at, at the, the team and league and property level, right? And, you know, it's not like these organizations are killing it right now, right? They're laying people off 
Um, you know, look at the Dodgers yesterday. They just won the World Series and they just cut a bunch of people. And, and they, it's because they lost 100 million bucks this year. And it's not going to get better next year. Um, you know, projected losses are, are, you know, very, very substantial. So when you start thinking about this from a startup lens, you're like, worst possible time to be selling into a notoriously cheap client, right? Somebody who's has budget slashed, who's cutting employees. I, I just don't see a lot of really strong upside there for a startup. Now, if you can broaden that approach, if you can speak to kind of those industries or those organizations that see tailwinds, like we have a portfolio company as well, you know, that, that has absolutely killed it over COVID and they work with sports and entertainment clients, but guess what? They're not doing it in a traditional way. They're, 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 they're being part of the solution instead of kind of, I would say more or less the status quo. Um, and, and so it's, it's really interesting to kind of see the shift. Is that sustainable? Number one. And then number two, like, you know, this, this, this portfolio company I was talking to told me the other day, it's like, I hate to say it, Michael, like, I don't need to spend my time talking to a team for a very, very low margin deal when I can get, you know, 10 X by talking to somebody that's not, you know, directly in the industry. Right. So it, you know, you're starting to see that more and more, which I think is a healthy thing. And maybe that's the big kick in the butt. These teams need to realize um, you either have to outsource the tech um, or get with the times, but the days of just, you know, relying on fiscal, you know, budgets and annualize this and, you know, penny pinching, it's got to stop. Yeah. From your perspective, taking, putting back on your VC hat, what do you look for in an organization to work? You said sports is great, but your vision needs to be bigger because the sports industry will only take you that far. What are you looking for? in a product and what are you looking for in the people that uh, carry the product? Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, I, I think anytime you look, uh, it, we look at, you know, high growth industries, we look at great management teams, people who are seasoned entrepreneurs in some, in most cases um, that have track records of success and, and, and then certainly reasonable valuations. I think that's the kind of classic answer, right? So I'll give you kind of my interpretation of that as well. Um, I think number one, it's got to be an, an idea and a product that you can't just have one beneficiary of, right? I think when, when we designed Optionit, for example, our thought was, how do you provide fans more enhanced convenience and flexibility? Because that's what they wanted. Nobody wanted to buy a season ticket and be locked into a particular date at a, a certain time. And people still don't want that today. At the same time, you have to be thinking about everybody else. And you cannot be one dimensional, even if your customer or client base is one of those audiences, right? And so the, the other audience we had was, was teams and leagues and properties, and it was an incremental revenue uh, enhancement, right? And it was done with other relationships in mind. So I think, number one, it's, under, it, it's, it, it's empathy. <laughs> like, I know that seems like a really overused term. You sound like you, Gary V right now. Yeah, geez, I mean, we're, you know, you want to, you know, you know, go hug it out. That's fine. But like... You know, at the end of the day, it's, it's not, it, you can define empathy in so many different fashions. This is about being empathetic around your customer base. And I think so many times in sports, there's just this amount of arrogance, I hate to say it, that drowns out empathy. And, and you know, I think whether you're a founder that's developing a sports tech product or, or, or outside this industry, 
you have to be empathetic about all audiences. Second is, you, you know, you need to be addressing real problems and real pain points. Um, somebody at the NBA always used to tell me, um, you know, ideas find money. And it's so true, right? Is, is ideas find money, but, but good ideas, ones that actually impact people's lives and make them better, find even more money. Um, and, and so, you know, that's kind of that second piece. And then the third piece, you know, I hate to say it, but it's just, it's relationships. And, and, and I know that sounds so cliche and so overused, but like, if you are kind of, you know, lukewarm on, on a certain industry because you're, you don't have the right relationships, well, go find somebody else who does. Um, because at the end of the day, that does matter. Um, you know, I just, I can't overemphasize that enough. And, and so we try to infuse the value from our relationships and many times into, um, our portfolio and the other companies that we support. So that's how I look at it. I know that's, you know, I hate being on a soapbox. That's not my, my, my space, but, uh, but so, it, no, but it's, I mean, I, one thing I have to agree with you is so much of it is not rocket science. You have, no. to, you have to come up with a good idea. <laughs> if this idiot right here can go figure it out, right? I mean, it just shows that like we, we, we're, you know, we're in pretty good, we're trending the right way. But, um, you know, the, yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the line, you can, you can compensate for intelligence in a lot of different ways, okay? And, and they're different forms of intelligence. Um, and you're absolutely right, 100%. Um, you know, there's not a, a particular kind of playbook for an entrepreneur, as you know. You've reached the end of this segment. I hope you've learned something new. If you want to learn more about Last Source and our activities, visit our website, www.lastsource.io, or subscribe to our newsletter to receive the best sports tech news in your mailbox every month. And if you are still not entertained, listen to all of our Le Corner episodes to get the best insight into the sports industry. See you soon on the corner. Le corner.